Welcome to the Maritime Podcast. You're listening to Marcus Hand, the editor of Sea Trade Maritime News. On the latest In Conversation episode, we are delighted to welcome Carl Shu, President and CEO of Wilhelmsen Ship Management. Welcome, Carl. Thanks, Marcus. It's uh, good to be here today. You'll be hearing from Carl about the latest activities from the ship manager and the state of the crew change crisis and what lies ahead for Wilhelmsen Ship Management in 2022. To start off with Carl, I'd like to talk to you a bit about the recent moves by WSM to beef up its presence in the tanker market. The company has acquired an 80% stake in Avenkiel tankers. Carl, could you perhaps tell our listeners a little bit more about this transaction? As I'm sure many listeners will know, we uh, were in managing tank vessels some time ago. We owned a company called ITM, International Tank Management, which we divested beginning of 2009. And the reason for divesting, that was more or less the act and the risk uh, versus reward in managing uh, tanker vessels. So since 2009, we kind of took a step out and we've been out of the tanker business since then. What we know is that tanker segment is one of the most outsourced segments. So so obviously, seen from a business point of view, it's a segment that we should be working with. And also, since 2009, the quality safety standards have, let me put it, increased dramatically since since that time. So the vessels are very highly safety designed. The crew, very strict requirements. So in that sense, there's no problem being in that segment again. When we were working with Arden Kiel and MPC last year, we also got to know they had a small tanker company called Ardenkiel Tankers. And this was kind of a start of a discussion on taking over part of that company. And then many people have asked, why did we go back into tankers? And as I said, safety standards, quality standards have dramatically increased since we exited back in 2009. And we felt that this was a good start again to get into this industry. Ardenkiel Tankers is a small company. It's not large. So we're getting slowly back into this segment and we're quite excited to be back here now. What is your current fleet in the tanker segment with this acquisition as well? We have five vessels now sitting in Ardenkiel Tankers and our view is to build this up organically to start with. And then we just have to see how this proceeds and how it moves ahead. I think one of the things that stood out for me, this announcement, obviously the expansion of the tanker business, but also was the bringing back of the Barber brand, which was the original brand of Wilhelmsen Ship Management back when it was first founded. What was the decision to bring the tankers under this brand? It was not a clear strategy to kind of bring back the Barber name as per se. It gradually evolved when we were discussing uh, what we should call the new company. And then Barber Ship Management kind of just landed on the table during one of these discussions. And then uh, we just uh, kind of worked further on that. And eventually everybody thought this was a great idea to bring the Barber name back. We did that when we announced it. And that was probably the biggest surprise was how many people felt that this was, let me say, a positive step. What that told me is that the Barber name, the brand, had a very, very strong standing when it comes to ship management. I didn't know it was that strong. 
but I got many comments privately, how happy people <laughs> were to see that this brand was back again. So that was a very positive, nice experience. Interesting to see that and uh, that sort of association that people have with brands that they've had a good experience with in the past. You mentioned earlier about the relationship you already had with MPC and you've got a 50% stake in a container ship management company you took with them in 2020. Can you just explain a bit more about your relationship with MPC? Our relationship started when we approached them regarding buying ship management, which was kind of MPC's, uh, let me say, in-house, if I can use that word, in-house ship manager for their container vessels. We have had various meetings, obviously, with MPC prior to any discussions or serious discussions, so we got to know them very well. There's a very good communication atmosphere relationship with MPC. And uh, this has actually grown along the way as we have been discussing and as we discussed and agreed to take over 50% of Arinkil, which is now rebranded to Williamson Arinkil uh, Ship Management. Could we expect to see further developments or is this kind of where it's at now with your MPC? You've got these two joint ventures effectively. MPC is a very, let me say, diverse uh, company. They're also into renewables. So they're doing a lot within the uh, wind and sun sector. As you know, Williamson is also in this R&D segments. So I wouldn't close out anything, but there's nothing on the horizon right now, just so that's clear. We are all working within the same segments, so, so you never know what might happen. Obviously, never say never. These two transactions over the last couple of years, they've obviously brought in a significant number of vessels. Can you sort of give our listeners a picture of what the business of Wilhelmson Ship Management looks like today and what sectors you're in and so forth? Just taking a step back again to the Arden Kiel acquisition, that was a focus and strategy to get into the container segment. As your listeners probably know, MPC or Inkil Ship Management, they were in the smaller container segment, actually the world's biggest manager and owner in this segment. This was a very targeted approach for Williamson Ship Management. And having done that, and also the Arinkil tanker deal, we are now present in most segments. So looking ahead, we are very strong, obviously, in the car carrier PEC, TC segments. We are also very strong in the gas segment and gas, LNG and LPG. And finally, also, of course, the container segments. Moving ahead, what we're looking at, we have had quite, let me say, a good appetite. So we've done a few deals lately, the tanker and container ones. So right now we kind of have to let the dust settle a little bit, focus on stabilizing the operations and then also growing organically. And then probably we'll start canvassing the horizon to see what's up. Apart from these two acquisitions, are there any other particular highlights from the last 12 months in terms of the Wilhelmsmanship management? Highlights, definitely. First of all, we are in some interesting segments. We do have a stake in the offshore wind industry, which is quite exciting. Definitely a lot going on there. We have had a number of interesting discussions without being able to, let me say, go into detail there. Everybody knows it's important to have many balls in the air and some of them land like they did with the iron keel tanker and container ones. Others don't land, but there are always a number of projects and cases in the air, which we are looking at at any one time. Sorry, I can't be more specific. Understood. I'll say, watch this space, in other words. 
If you're enjoying listening, make sure you never miss an episode of the Maritime Podcast by subscribing on the app of your choice. Obviously, the last couple of years as an operating environment have been very unusual in terms of the operations day-to-day with the crew and so forth, and the highly publicized crew change crisis. Have things got any better, or has it just sort of become, I guess, almost like a new normal type thing? What is the situation now? When it comes to crew change, it's a very volatile picture, if I can say it like that, and I don't think anybody would disagree either. It's kind of like you said, it's a new norm. And then when you you feel you're a little bit in control and you're getting your hands on things, then we see a change of rules. We see a new variant come along, borders closing down again. So it's a very volatile right now, and especially with the Omicron variant, which is running around. So it's tough. And I certainly sympathize with all the crewing people, the people working in crewing industry as a whole, as it's been a tremendous strain on them, for sure. Do you see any sort of resolution or improvement in sight, or is this just set to continue with kind of these difficulties in the coming year? I hear many people are saying this latest variant, the Omicron variant, is a blessing in disguise because it's a very mild virus. And if you catch it, you're immune. And then for a certain period, at least, and then if enough catch it, you get the herd immunity and then Ultimately, that will wipe out this uh, whole virus or pandemic. If we get that far, I don't know. Uh, I know our neighboring country, Denmark, they've opened up. UK basically opened up. Denmark said that they are at herd immunity uh, stage now. So they expect things just to fizzle out. So if this uh, happens, again, uh, I have to be positive. But I've said this so many times now, and then all of a sudden there's a new variant around the corner. So I think for the time being, I think things will continue uh, as it is. It will be very volatile. Countries open, countries close, borders open and borders close, making it not any easier than it is today. It's going to remain a difficult task, most likely, for some time. Yeah, I'd say 2022 for sure. Looking ahead, I'd say at least towards the remaining of us here. Presumably for your side, that means you have to put significantly more resources into this whole process as well. More resources and also we have to relook how we work. Uh, obviously taking digitalization, digital tools more into use than we did before. Trying in every way to, let's say, reduce uh, the burden of the people at the front end there. So this is just something we have to continue uh, doing. I'm sure our listeners are aware is the seafarer vaccination. There seems to have been two sort of hurdles to this. Firstly, was getting seafarers vaccinated. And even then, once they're vaccinated, getting recognition for those vaccinations. How has this been from the perspective of Wilhelmson Ship Management? From our perspective, it was a very slow start, which I think everybody experienced. Then some of the, what should I say, the major supply nations, they kick-started vaccination for seafarers. So we've seen that the Philippines, which is one of the bigger nations, supply nations, they've actually done quite well. So our Filipino part of our crew pool, they are up around 60-70% vaccinated right now. We are seeing pretty much the same with other nationalities. So things are picking up, but it was unfortunately quite slow. Previously, we had a number of owners who were quite restrictive. You know, the crew had to quarantine a certain time before they were allowed to sign on the vessel. They had to quarantine in the port of sign-on. They had to take a PCR test. 
This is slowly letting up. So as long as the crew are vaccinated, they are more or less able to travel and join a vessel now in the ports which allow it. In that sense, there is some improvement. There is some improvement, definitely. Things are gradually getting better. But on the other hand, we are seeing we've had a number of cases with Omicron on board the vessels. This is actually the crew are catching it in the ports from the port workers because the Omicron is so pretty, you know, it's everywhere. Just by default, they catch it when they are in port. In terms of the operations of the ship as a manager, if you've got cases on board, what does this actually mean in practical terms? A little bit, of course, depending where the ship is, where it's heading uh, and all this, but very often the ship has to um, do a couple of weeks in quarantine. If they pass through the Panama Canal, as an example, and there are any cases on board, the ship is quarantined 14 days or until all crew are tested negative. That's, of course, is the downside. On the other hand, if the ship is on a long voyage, not touching any port, then, of course, the vessel in itself is isolated from that angle. It's not a problem. However, on board, we also have routines in segregating and isolating crew if they are positive. We have testing on board. A little bit depends where it's detected. For more information on crew change, visit the crew change crisis section on seatrade-maritime.com. Another issue very much at the forefront today is decarbonisation. Carl, could you explain a little bit about what Wilhelmsen Ship Management is doing in this area? As you might know, the Williamson Group, they are very strong within this area. So the group as such has a number of initiatives when it comes to decarbonisation, hydrogen, autonomous vessels. This is run by different parts of the group, but the common denominator here is that Williamson Ship Management we are the ones who are supplying crew, new building services, a lot of the expertise into these different, let's say, decarbonization projects, new fuel projects. So we feel this is a very exciting part of the industry. And as such, I think ship management or the ship management industry will be moving a lot into this space uh, more by default as they have to, more that than by choice. And there I see we have a good starting point as we have a larger group behind us who are in this space already. And we as a ship manager are supporting them on, on, let me say, the typical ship management part of these projects, where we are also gaining a lot of knowledge. This move into new fuels, does this bring with it sort of new aspects in terms of training and so forth for the crew? It's a whole new ball game. Uh, if we can start taking the high level view, new competencies required by the crew Actually, competencies required today, they are not clearly defined by states as it is already, flag states. Um, so these aren't clearly defined. So there's a lot of questions still to be answered. And especially then when you have ammonia, hydrogen, dual fuel, all this coming online, which we are already seeing many vessels are being built to these specifications. Methanol is another one. We need crew who are competent, who are certified to um, be able to manage or, or to operate these vessels whilst they are on board. And we still see some gaps in regulation before all this is kind of tied up. Just to sort of wrap things up a bit, I know you were a bit cautious to talk about what you've got coming ahead, but we've had sort of talked about two sides of things here, the operations and the business. Just how do you see 2022 as a whole for Wilhelmson Ship Management? 2022, I am 
very positive, if I can start by saying that. As we just touched upon, we are gradually getting out of this whole pandemic thing. That's one side of it. So, so I think just that will kind of let up a number of things. Just as one example, we have signed a number of contracts for vessels, but due to COVID restrictions, ability to change crew, get crew in place, we actually had to put quite a lot of things on hold. But as a whole, I think things are looking quite good, I have to say that. It's been fantastic talking to you this morning, Carl, and thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks, Marcus. Thanks, Marcus.